The Vision of Sir Launfal by James Russell Lowell From the World's Best Poetry, Volume 4 The Higher Life, Part 1 Read for LibriVox.org by Thomas Peter as the narrator Sonia as the first prelude Jason in Canada as Sir Launfal Lian Yao as the leper And Craig Franklin as the second prelude The Vision of Sir Launfal Prelude to Part 1 over his keys the musing organist beginning doubtfully and far away first lets his fingers wander as they list and builds a bridge from dreamland for his lay then as the touch of his loved instrument gives hope and fervour nearer draws his theme first guessed by faint auroral flushes sent along the wavering vista of his dream not only around our infancy doth heaven with all its splendors lie daily with souls that cringe and plot we sinais climb and know it not over our manhood bend the skies against our fallen and traitor lives the great winds utter prophecies with our faint hearts the mountain strives its arms outstretched the druid wood waits with its benedicite and to our age's drowsy blood still shouts the inspiring sea earth gets its prize for what earth gives us the beggar is taxed for a corner to die in the priest hath his fee who comes and shrives us we bargain for the graves we lie in at the devil's booth are all things sold each ounce of dross costs its ounce of gold for a cap and belts our lives we pay bubbles we buy with the whole soul's tasking tis heaven alone that is given away tis only god may be had for the asking no price is set on the lavish summer june may be had by the poorest comer and what is so rare as a day in june then if ever come perfect days then heaven tries earth if it be in tune and over it softly her warm ear lays whether we look or whether we listen we hear life murmur or see it glisten every clod feels a stir of might an instinct within it that reaches and towers and groping blindly above it for light climbs to a soul in grass and flowers the flush of life may well be seen thrilling back over hills and valleys the cowslip startles in meadows green the buttercup catches the sun in its chalice and there's never a leaf nor a blade to mean to be some happy creature's palace the little bird sits at his door in the sun a tilt like a blossom among the leaves and lets his illumined being overrun with the deluge of summer it receives his mate feels the eggs beneath her wings and the heart in her dumb breast flutters and sings he sings to the wide world and she to her nest in the nice ear of nature which song is the best now is the high tide of the year and whatever of life hath ebbed away comes flooding back with a ripply cheer into every bare inlet and creek and bay now the heart is so full that a drop overfills it we are happy now because god wills it 
no matter how barren the past may have been tis enough for us now that the leaves are green we sit in the warm shade and feel right well how the sap creeps up and the blossoms swell we may shut our eyes but we cannot help knowing that skies are clear and grass is growing the breeze comes whispering in our ear that dandelions are blossoming near that maize has sprouted that streams are flowing that the river is bluer than the sky that the robin is plastering his house hard by and if the breeze kept the good news back for other couriers we should not lack we could guess it all by yon heifer's lowing and hark how clear bold chanticleer warmed with the new wine of the year tells all in his lusty crowing joy comes grief goes we know not how everything is happy now everything is upward striving tis as easy now for the heart to be true as for grass to be green or skies to be blue tis the natural way of living who knows whither the clouds have fled in the unscarred heaven they leave no wake and the eyes forget the tears they have shed the heart forgets its sorrow and ache the soul partakes the season's youth and the sulphurous rifts of passion and woe lie deep neath a silence pure and smooth like burnt-out craters healed with snow what wonder if sir l'enfal now remember the keeping of his vow part first my golden spurs now bring to me and bring to me my richest mail for to-morrow i go over land and sea in search of the holy grail shall never a bed for me be spread nor shall a pillow be under my head till i begin my vow to keep here on the rushes i will sleep and perchance there may come a vision true ere day create the world anew slowly sir lonfal's eyes grew dim slumber fell like a cloud on him and into his soul the vision flew the crows flapped over by twos and threes in the pool drowsed the cattle up to their knees the little bird sang as if it were the one day of summer in all the year and the very leaves seemed to sing on the trees the castle alone in the landscape lay like an outpost of winter dull and gray twas the proudest hall in the north country and never its gates might opened be save to lord or lady of high degree summer besieged it on every side but the churlish stone her assaults defied she could not scale the chilly wall though around it for leagues her pavilions tall stretched left and right over the hills and out of sight green and broad was every tent and out of each a murmur went till the breeze fell off at night the drawbridge dropped with a surly clang and through the dark arch a charger sprang bearing sir lawnful the maiden knight in his gilded mail that flamed so bright it seemed the dark castle had gathered all those shafts the fierce sun had shot over its wall in a siege of three hundred summers long and binding them all in one blazing sheaf had cast them forth so young and strong and lightsome as a locust leaf 
Sir Launfal flashed forth in his maiden mail to seek in all climes for the Holy Grail. It was morning on hill and stream and tree, and morning in the young knight's heart. Only the castle moodily rebuffed the gifts of the sunshine free and gloomed by itself apart. The season brimmed all other things up full as the rain fills the pitcher-plant's cup. As Sir Launfal made morn through the darksome gate, he was ware of a leper, crouched by the same, who begged with his hand, and moaned as he sate. And a loathing over Sir Launfal came. The sunshine went out of his soul with a thrill. The flesh neath his armor began shrink and crawl, and midway its leap his heart stood still like a frozen waterfall. For this man, so foul and bent of stature, wrathed harshly against his dainty nature, and seemed the one blot on the summer morn. So he tossed him a piece of gold in scorn. The leper raised not the gold from the dust. Better to me the poor man's crust, better the blessing of the poor, though I turn me empty from his door. That is no true arms which the hand can hold. He gives only the worthless gold, who gives from a sense of duty. But he who gives but a slender might, and gives to that which is out of sight, that thread of the all-sustaining beauty, which runs through all and doth all unite, the hand cannot clasp the whole of his arms, the heart outstretches its eager palms. For a god goes with it, and makes its store to the soul that was starving in darkness before. Prelude to Part Second Down swept the chill wind from the mountain peak, From the snow five thousand summers old, On open wold and hilltop bleak, It had gathered all the cold, And whirled it like sleet on the wanderer's cheek, It carried a shiver everywhere, From the unleafed boughs and pastures bare. The little brook heard it and built a roof, Neath which he could house him winter-proof, all night by the white star's frosty gleams, He groined his arches and matched his beams. Slender and clear were his crystal spars. As the lashes of light that trimmed the stars, He sculptured every summer delight In his halls and chambers out of sight. Sometimes his tinkling waters slipped Down through a frost-leaved forest crypt. Long, sparkling aisles of steel-stemmed trees, mending to counterfeit a breeze. Sometimes the roof no fretwork knew, but silvery mosses that downward grew. Sometimes it was carved in sharp relief, with quaint arabesque of ice-fern leaf. Sometimes it was simply smooth and clear, for the gladness of heaven to shine through, and here he had caught the nodding bulrush tops and hung them thickly with diamond drops that crystalled the beams of moon and sun and made a star of every one no mortal builder's most rare device could match this winter palace of ice twas as if every image that mirrored lay in his depths serene through the summer's day each fleeting shadow of earth and sky lest the happy model should be lost sad been mimicked in fairy masonry by the elfin builders of the frost. Within the halls a song and laughter, the cheeks of Christmas glow red and jolly, 
and sprouting is every corbel and rafter with lightsome green of ivory and holly through the deep gulf of the chimney wide wallows the yule log's roaring tide the broad flame pennons droop and flap and belly and tug as a flag in the wind like a locust shrills the imprisoned sap hunted to death in its galleries blind and swift little troops of silent sparks now pausing now scattering away as in fear go threading the soot forest tangled darks like herds of startled deer but the wind without was eager and sharp of sir lawnful's grey hair it makes a harp and rattles and rings the icy strings singing in dreary monotone a christmas carol of its own whose burden still as he might guess was shelterless 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 the voice of seneschal flared like a torch as he shouted the wanderer away from the porch and he sat in the gateway and saw all night the great hall fire so cheery and bold through the window slits of the castle old built out its piers of ruddy light against the drift of the cold part second there was never a leaf on bush or tree the bare boughs rattled shudderingly the river was dumb and could not speak for the weaver winter its shroud had spun a single curl on the tree-top bleak from his shining feathers shed off the cold sun again it was morning but shrunk and cold as if her veins were sapless and old and she rose up decrepitly for a last dim look at earth and sea sir lawnful turned from his own hard gale for another heir in his earldom sate an old bent man worn out and frail he came back from seeking the holy grail little he recked of his earldom's loss no more on his surcoat was blazoned the cross but deep in his soul the sigh he wore the badge of the suffering and the poor sir launfal's raiment thin and spare was idle mail against the barbed air for it was just at the christmas time so he mused as he sat of a sunnier clime and sought for a shelter from cold and snow in the light and warmth of long ago he sees the snake-like caravan crawl o'er the edge of the desert black and small then nearer and nearer till one by one he can count the camels in the sun as over the red-hot sands they pass to where in its slender necklace of grass the little spring laughed and leapt in the shade and with its own self like an infant played and waved its signal of palms for christ's sweet sake i beg an alms the happy camels may reach the spring but sir launfal sees only the gruesome thing the leper lank as the rain blanched bone that cowers beside him a thing as lone and white as the ice isles of northern seas in the desolate horror of his disease and sir launfal said i behold in thee an image of him who died on the tree thou also hast had thy crown of thorns thou also hast had the world's buffets and scorns 
and to thy life were not denied the wounds in the hands and feet and side mild mary's son acknowledge me behold through him i give to thee then the soul of the leper stood up in his eyes and looked at sir launfal and straightway he remembered in what a haughtier guise he had flung in arms to leprosy when he girt his young life up in gilded mail and set forth in search of the holy grail the heart within him was ashes and dust he parted in twain his single crust he broke the ice on the streamlet's brink and gave the leper to eat and drink twas a mouldy crust of coarse brown bread twas water out of a wooden bowl yet with fine wheaten bread was the leper fed and twas red wine he drank with his thirsty soul as sir launfal mused with a downcast face a light shone round about the place the leper no longer crouched at his side but stood before him glorified shining and tall and fair and straight as the pillar that stood by the beautiful gate himself the gate whereby men can enter the temple of god in man his words were shed softer than leaves from the pine and they fell on sir launfal as snows on the brine that mingle their softness and quiet in one with the shaggy unrest they float down upon and the voice that was softer than silence said lo it is i be not afraid in many climes without avail thou hast spent thy life for the holy grail behold it is here this cup which thou didst fill at the streamlet for me but now this crust is my body broken for thee this water his blood that died on the tree this holy supper is kept indeed in whatso we share with another's need not what we give but what we share for the gift without the giver is bare who gives himself with his arms feeds three himself his hungering neighbour and me sir launfal awoke as from a swound the grail in my castle here is found hang my idle armour up on the wall let it be the spider's banquet hall he must be fenced with stronger mail who would seek and find the holy grail the castle gate stands open now and the wanderer is welcome to the hall as the hangbird is to the elm-tree bough no longer scowl the turrets tall the summer's long siege at last is o'er when the first poor outcast went in at the door she entered with him in disguise and mastered the fortress by surprise there is no spot she loves so well on ground she lingers and smiles there the whole year round the meanest serf on sir launfal's land has hall and bower at his command and there's no poor man in the north country but his lord of the earldom as much as he end of poem this recording is in the public domain